This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Previously on Of Mice and Men and Monsters. Her name is Penelope LaRoche Vanderhoot. I was part of an organization all working to free the wealthy and the burdened of their possessions. We were so manipulated. We were taken out of everything we had known. We were always forced into situations that were dangerous for the sake of others. Zero, we have to go back. We have to stop Fagin. I'm a changeling. It's always been the most valuable thing about me. It's always been my best skill set. It's always been the thing I can do the easiest. And then something happened. I am no longer able to change. I'm no longer able to be who I am. I'm stuck like this. And anytime I try to change, turn that horrible color fuchsia. Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. at the LaRoche grave, we're having a funeral of sorts. The headstone looming over this now dug-up gravesite and empty coffin. You see a familiar name. Penelope LaRoche Vanderhoot. Who or what are you? So the three of you are standing in front of an open grave, and not just any grave, but scanning up, you see on the tombstone the likeness of Penny right there before you, and the name, Penelope LaRoche Vanderhoot. And where we left off, Bertram, in a panic, you have your dagger outstretched in the direction of who was once your comrade-at-arms. And now we have ourselves perhaps a standoff, definitely a pickle, but I'm going to hand this off to you guys to continue this scene. I got to ask, what, what do you do now? I'm sorry. It's, it sounded like a radio show or like a, like a TV. <laughs> I hand it over to you. And now we tune in. And now enough of me. <laughs> so Bertram, so Bertram pulled his dagger out and put in. I yeah I I ask who or or what are you and my my arm is outstretched and I'm just pointing the dagger maybe more in a defensive stance not so much like lunging at her but more just like I'm protecting myself because I'm frightened in this moment Penny kind of just puts her arms up and is kind of lo- going looking at both of them and keeping the eye on the dagger and she's like this 
this is a little awkward. Um, I didn't intend for you guys to find out this way. I should have seen it coming. I thought I could trust you. You said I could trust you, Penelope. You can. You can. You can. But, like, maybe just not about everything. Say, if I were to tell you that I was a ghost, would you guys believe me? Awen <gasps> pulls out his sword. Ghost. What do you mean, ghost? He, like, you can, hear, you can hear the sword like shinking across his sheath and he pulls it out. And it, it, like, much, like, much like Bertram, it's, it's not offensive. He's pulling it out in a defensive posture. And he, I think he even puts the tip of the sword, he puts the tip of it down on the ground. What do you mean ghost? I, I'm just asking, if I was to say I'm a ghost, would you believe me? Would you believe me? You just said I couldn't trust you on everything. Is this a thing I can trust you on? Zero? Probably not. My trust for you right now is zero. (laughs) Bertram, you have any other aliases? No, I don't have to pretend or lie. I have one name and one name only. That's got to be nice. All right. All right. I'm not a ghost. I thought that might be Undead then. Some undead zombie creature. As soon as as Bertram says undead, the sword goes up. Just super (laughs) up. Look at all these trigger words we're finding for Awen. Just anything, trigger, anything trigger. beyond the, beyond the grave. You're like that ain't natural. It's not right. <laughs> Penny's arms. Just you know what? As soon as his sword goes up, Penny, just to see your two people who you were starting to consider friends, even perhaps brothers, now brandishing their weapons either in fear of you or maybe in anger. You're not quite sure what. I'm going to ask you to do a wisdom. I'm going to have you do a wisdom check right now. And my dear, you're going to do that wisdom check at disadvantage because of the situation. Because the situation? Because you're flanked by two enemies. (laughs) (laughs) And also, and then the third side, right, the the, the third part of this flanking triangle is your own visage staring at you. From the head of a tombstone. From the grave. Penny only kind of knows what she looks like just because, like, how many mirrors have there been on this journey? Not many. Um, great. And it, it's a wisdom check, right? Yes. Great. <laughs> yeah, I got it too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the truth shall set you free. Uh-huh. Oh my, oh my, my precious dear. Okay, so with a two, here's what's gonna happen. It's almost like you're back in that tent with Marion. Mm-hmm. Just you, you can, you can barely control yourself as you start to feel your mind unravel again. And your breathing starts to become erratic, your palms sweaty, and you feel like just the ground unsteady below you. And so as you lower yourself to the ground or thump down you can describe it how you want but you once again long to escape and forgetting who you're with forgetting everything you've tried to protect yourself from you once again have this changing of your of your face and your body go through these massive just metamorphoses and once again 
you want to get out of this. And so not only does the fuchsia cover your entire body now, but you reveal your changeling form. Your face goes through all different kinds of creatures, all different ages, all different um, breadths of looks and genders and really all that. And, and this is flashing before your friend's very horrified eyes as you are barely able to constrain yourself. And I'm, you know, I, I, I would love to hear how do you, what do you think she's doing physically right now? Like how, what is your posture? Um, maybe even describing some of your actions, because I don't think you're going to be formulating words that well. Yeah, no, Penny, it's, she's, she notices her hands immediately and she kind of starts shaking and she pulls back. And to my mind, she's kind of backed up against because she had been hiding behind a kind of rounded tombstone. And so I think just in like this, the like intensity of the moment, she backs up and kind of falls back against it and is kind of trying to like touch her and scratch at her arms, trying to get it to stop and it doesn't work. So she sort of just pulls into a huddle and kind of just pulls like her shirt kind of above her face a little bit, trying to hide it, which obviously... It doesn't work. Everyone can see everything. So she's kind of pulling in. She's doing like a not full fetal position, but like very much pulling inward and kind of trying to hide. Awen and Bertram, you see Penny, Zero. You don't even know what to call her right now. But this beautiful face that you knew is, is rapidly changing forms in such a way. And I, I'm not sure to what extent either of you would know what a changeling is, and, and you can tell me that. But you do recognize a panic attack when you see one. So I think when Awen dro- <clears throat> sees Penny start changing shapes, and he gets really freaked out. And then he sees Penny pull into the fetal, he, and he drops his sword. Um, and I think as soon as she tr- starts like pulling up her like guard, pulling up her shirt, trying to like hide, and yeah, I think yeah, Awen just walks over or like run quickly runs to Penny's side and and just exclaims, Pen- Penny, what is going on? Penny, are you okay? Penny Penny, what is going on? Could I, if I have a second, can I check could I could I do a roll to see like a history to see if with my past wisdom of like reading a bunch of books and things like that, would I I guess I would try to be cataloging what would be able to do this, like morph like this and change shape and form so rapidly. So can I just roll, can I roll for history? Yeah, you can definitely do that. This is an excellent um, possibility for you to do anytime you see anything you're unsure of. 11. You know that there are humanoids. You know that there are people that have this ability but you don't know much more than that. You don't even know what they're called. Okay. But you had heard of it, uh, not just through reading, but you had also heard talk in kind of derisive, un- distrustful tones from Lord Featherfoot. Oh, but, but I'm not sure what they are. But, you don't okay. remember the name. So you okay. don't know the name Changeling, but you okay. do know that there, there is a type of person that can change shape. Okay. Uh, so that I think not fully understanding what's happening, I'm not moving closer. And I, as I see Awen going closer, I would I still have my dagger up, but definitely confused and would say, "Be, be careful! It, it, it could be a trap, Awen. Be be careful." 
So Penny Penny senses Eowyn next to her, you know, hands to muffle, muffle, because the last thing he yells at her is, are you okay? And she, yeah, she just responds, just frazzled, do I look okay? And just, ain't like, she's just angry and upset and didn't want this to happen and feeling super out of control, which that is her least favorite feeling, right? She never wants to feel out of control. So she's just trying to, like, breathe. And just, she's, like, trying to calm down, but not doing a very good job of it. Penny, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, okay is not the word I would use to describe what you look like right now. I mean, I'm truly at a loss for words. (laughs) Yeah, no. She just keeps trying to breathe really heavily, um, trying to calm down, feeling at it. And she's like, that's just not helpful, Awin. Not helpful at all. Just trying to get herself. But again, she's not a very good self-soother. Yeah, with all these screamings and all these sounds and loud outbursts, Bertram is definitely ducking behind the, the nearest headstone and is like peeking out still. And I think he's pulled out another dagger at this point. So he's holding both and is just kind of cowering, waiting to see what happens. She might explode for all Bertram knows. <laughs> Penny, it, in the midst of this, you almost as if in an unbidden memory, almost as if it was planted there for this very purpose, you hear a soothing voice in the back of your head and you recognize it as Marion's voice. And you hear just her calmly repeating five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, one thing you can taste. You can do this, Penny. And as your mind kind of just like almost centers in on that, that pinpoint of as if, if everything around you is a maelstrom of darkness and, and, and chaos, you, it's almost like your mind has to focus in on that pinprick of light and the changing countenances, the, the shapes of, of your body and your face, the changing of them start to slow down and come less often until finally it settles once again into the face that we know as Penny. But still, that fuchsia remains from top to bottom. She slowly, as she feels it kind of getting centered, pulls her hands back and just kind of looks at them, sees Ewan's concern, sees Bertram's horror, um, which annoys her a little bit at how dramatic Bertram is being. Because why is he making this about him, you know? Um, but she slowly breathes, kind of just looks at them both and says, there isn't a chance we can just, like, move on and pretend that didn't happen. I mean, Pandora doesn't go back in the box. I mean, <laughs> we are far past that point. <sighs> okay.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, I'm Yusuf Dahl, and when I was 18, I was convicted of selling drugs. For the past three years, I've had difficulty finding housing because it is legal in the United States to discriminate against individuals that have a past drug distribution conviction on their record for life. It doesn't matter if it was a hard drug like heroin or a drug that's now legal or partially legal in many states across the country like marijuana. The Thurman Amendment was introduced to the Fair Housing Act in 1988 by segregationist Strom Thurman, and it's since been used to deny housing to all people. But because people of color are disproportionately jailed for drug charges, we are affected more. My goal is to overturn this amendment to start an end to housing discrimination that unfairly targets people of color. If you would like to join this movement, please visit ThurmanAmendment.org to learn more. A message from the Fable and Folly Network. Friends, half-orcs, countrymen, lend me your pointy ears! Hey there, it's me, Kate, your master teacher. I am here at the break to say a big ol' thank you for listening. Really, it means the world that you are sticking with us, that you're following along on this crazy adventure of ours, And I hope that you are fully enjoying this content that we are pulling from Oliver Twist. So really, thank you so much. And I'm happy that you are here with us. We're doing it for you, man. (laughs) Uh, But really, I'd love to hear what you think. I'd love for you to reach out and say hey and, and give me some feedback on where we're going with this adventure of ours. Any suggestions, um, even critiques that you might have or ideas that maybe I hadn't even thought of, or maybe even uh, any of your theories for who could be pulling the strings behind this spotted hand or anything like that. But anyways, give me a give me a shout out, give me a message. You can email me. It is omamamshow at gmail.com. And also on Twitter, our handle is at omamamshow. We'd love to hear from you. Another thing I love is for you to give us a rating and a review. You can do that primarily on iTunes podcast, but on many other platforms where people can listen. And in doing so, just taking the 30 seconds it does to click and write a few words, it really pushes our content forward and allows people to know that we exist and even pique their interest enough with suggestions Um, that they want to give it a go and join you on this journey that we are all on together. Every week I am choosing one of the reviews to read and sharing them on here. So if you write a review, you might even hear your words on here. So that's another incentive. (laughs) Uh, So this week's is from a user by the name of Pikes Fan, and they write, literature and D&D together is my dream come true. Oh, mine too. Funny adventures and full of brilliant references. You need to listen if you are any kind of book nerd. Uh, Book nerds unite. Thank you so much, Pikes fan. And 
once again, short and sweet to the point. I appreciate it so much. It builds me and my three compatriots who are putting this on with me. It builds us up and it keeps us going. So really, you guys are the lifeblood of this podcast and we are so thankful that you are here. So with that said, that's enough of me. Let's get back to the adventure, shall we? All right. I'm I'm sorry. This was very overwhelming and this is what I've been trying to avoid. I mean, we've known each other for a minute, but like did you want to just tell me all your deepest darkest secrets immediately? I don't I don't think so, but I guess this is what has to happen today. Um My name is not Penelope LaRoche Vanderhoot. I actually my name isn't technically zero. I don't know my name. I don't, I don't have, I have, I might have one. I don't know if I have one, but, um, I am, I'm a changeling. Um, I was, I I don't know my, what's a changeling? I am, I'm someone, I can change my appearance at will. I can normally, normally I can change my appearance at will. I can change how I look, my gender, all of it. I can shift into just about anyone normally i i don't know my name i don't know my past fagin found me quote unquote as a baby and raised me um it wasn't until much later i found out he stole me and placed an orphan in my place from my family but that's something i'm trying to track down i've no info on i don't know who i am but i was raised by Fagin, amongst Charlie, amongst um, Dodger, amongst all of them. And we all worked for him. We did jobs. And having a, a changeling, a child who could look like anyone, was a real strength. When one is a thief, it's really handy when one is breaking into places. And so Fagin groomed me and prepped me to do all of this work. And I thought it was normal and fun and great. Until I started realizing who I was and how wrong and twisted this was and that this wasn't who I wanted to be anymore. And I didn't want to live this. I I just slowly started realizing how manipulative and horrible this whole situation was. And I started realizing we weren't just like common thieves, but he was getting wrapped up into something bigger and darker. It's one thing to steal for a loaf of bread. It's another it's another to be transporting weapons to someone who's going to use them terribly. So, right well, when God this... damn, Penny. Jeez. <laughs> That's a lot to be carrying around with you. Uh, I'm not done. Okay. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Right when I was starting to figure this out and getting really afraid, I was told to go work a job. There's a very prominent family in Charlestown, and she points behind her, the LaRoche Vanderhoot family. They're very powerful, they're very popular, they're very well-known, they're very wealthy. And so Fagin came up with this long con where on a night where the daughter, Penelope LaRoche Vanderhoot, was going to leave to a ball and go out, I would become Penelope 
quote unquote, come home early and then rob the jewel, her jewelry. But it, uh, it, it went poorly. It went, it went terribly. I, I don't know if I want to talk about it. I don't know if you need to know about it. But she ended up dead and I ended up running. Charlie was on lookout. He saw everything. I just ran. I, want, I needed to get out. I didn't want to do this anymore. The consequences of this became so horribly, horribly real. I ran. And I decided I didn't want any more of this. I wanted to live a good life. Didn't know what that meant. I didn't know how to do that. But I wanted to live a good life. I didn't want to do these things. I just wanted to be normal. The problem is for some reason, it doesn't work anymore. My abilities don't work. I can't do it. I can't change. And I can change, but every time I change, oh, I turn this horrible color, this horrible color, so it doesn't work. So I'm stuck as the only way I look normal as as her. And I hate it, but there's nothing I can do about it. So all I'm doing is trying to be normal, trying to get by, maybe learn who I actually am. And that's... I was trying to get money and maybe I thought maybe Frankenstein could help. Um, yeah. Wait, wait, but Penny, you could grow a beard? It's fuchsia, but yes. She just does it. That's the only wait, question wait. you have, Awen. That's the first question you have after all that information. I mean, hey, elves don't, don't, you don't really see elves with beards naturally. So I can see like the little bit of a <laughs> envy that they could have. Beard envy? Yeah. I just don't know. There's so much. You just unloaded so much on us. And I just don't know. I don't even know how to process it, Penny. I mean, God, I feel so bad for you. She like, just gets mad. She's like, oh, was that too much? Would, should I not have said all of that? No, Penny, I would have been happy to do that. No, Great. Cool. I mean, Penny, come on. Come on. Look. Look, I mean, you change, you rather on the ground, turning in all kinds of weird shapes. You gotta, you gotta see it from my perspective a little bit here. I'm used to running around in the woods with plants and weird mechanical gadgets. You know, I'm not. I'm really sorry that happened to you. And I don't really understand all of it, but I mean, and I just look over at Bertram. <laughs> Yeah, I think Bertram is at this point like lurking out from behind the the headstone or whatever and kind of coming back over. And he's definitely like awestruck or just dumbfounded, I guess, with all the information. Kind are of you dis- still are you still double fisting no, daggers? No, no, no. <laughs> I, I think I'm double just fisting walking, like, daggers is I think, my I think I'm still game. holding them in my hands <laughs> just because even putting them away is too much mental energy. I think my arms are just like hanging by my side. And I'm kind of just slumping over toward, or yeah, over towards them. And I just kind of plop down in the dirt. And yeah, I, I'm just kind of looking off in the distance. I think, I think he's replaying everything that just, everything he thought he knew about her. What, what, what was it all lies? Was any of it true with us? What do you... What these lies? I, I I thought you were Penelope, the Roche Vanderhoot, and were were those her? Was that her life you were telling us? These certain details, or was all of it? Was it just the name? 
Do you, were you lying just to fit in to get to your next location? Were you using us? Or were we your way to run away from all this? I just, I guess I just don't know what to believe anymore. Penny puts her head down because she's so embarrassed by all of this. This is too emotional, too vulnerable and uncomfortable. And seeing them be sad just makes it worse. She puts her head down for a minute to try to gather herself. She lifts it up and she looks at Bertram and she says, Bertram, I can understand why you feel this way, but none of these lies were about you. These were all just for me to protect myself. I'm sorry you felt betrayed. That was not my intention. I was just trying to survive. I guess it's good to finally meet you. I'm glad that you're out from under Fagin's thumb. Penny smiles slightly and just says, Thanks, Bertram. And you did already meet me. I was never hiding who I really am or how I felt. I'm just hiding the details. I think I turn my back to Penny and Bertram um, for a second. And I like kind of look up at the sky. And uh, I, I sheathe my sword. And I take in a big breath. And I turn around. And I look at Penny. And I look at Bertram. I say, you know, Archdrude Waldo always used to say, Unless you try to do something beyond what you have already mastered, you will never grow. And the only way to have a friend is to be one. I have no idea what you're going through, Penny. Why we're in this little town, big town, why we're in this graveyard. How we got mixed up with these spotted hands and the green coods and all these wacky people that we met along the way. But. When we talked on the boat, I knew that was you. And right now, even though you're some kind of weird fuchsia color, it's still you. And I've never met a changeling before. But I guess what got us here won't get us there. Thanks, Awen. <sighs> Penny just kind of looks down and looks at her hands that are still <sighs> pink. Um, and then... Takes another breath and then looks at both of them real quick. And she's like, you're not going to like pity me or anything, right? Because that would be terrible. <laughs> you got a little, you got a little mouse named Pip. We already pitied you. <laughs> Penelope, I have pitied you since the moment I saw you with that dirt on your face. That will never change. <sighs> All right. I can, I guess I can settle for the pity you already had for me. Um, cool. Well, that's pretty much everything. Um, so maybe you won't be surprised. It wasn't shocking that she, she was surprised to see me as Penelope LaRoche Vanderhoot and won't be surprised when other people kind of know who I am or start figuring it out. But I don't know, guys. My dream, my dream is just to get out of here. My dream is I want to figure out who I am. I, I have no idea. And I don't know. I keep hoping that maybe if I figure out where I came from, this whole situation, she says, like motioning to her, her pinkness and will stop. And I can actually... Like, be who I will be everything I've always been. I can change and I can, I can do, do what I always have wanted to do, which is help people with the skills I have. 
um, and not use them for evil. So, well, it seems we'll like see. the first thing we need to do is go and take out that motherfucker Fagan. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> do we need to disguise you somehow? Like your your fuchsia girl, and you look like someone who is dead. Do this is crazy. Do you? You can't be walking around with a fuchsia corpse. You rub your dirt, some dirt on your face. <laughs> um, she. I would assume I have a hood. They always had hoods. You right? have a green hood. Oh, duh. You you have a green hood. All right. So, but are we known th- for that? Is that like a calling like card? Like, would would someone would our enemies know us by our uh, your, your enemies metagaming. and your allies know? All right, metagaming. Yeah. They will know yeah, you yeah, by yeah. your hoods. Yeah. She pulls so. up the hood and she's like, I bet Rose might, Rose might have something to help with this. Um, I just need to calm down and the pink will go away. <sighs> I have other things. I'll, I can keep a, it's, I can keep a low profile. I know how to not get caught as Penelope immediately. Let's just not go to like high society. Um, I've changed the hair, my hair as she points. And you could, see, I mean, as everyone can see, it's like she clearly cut it herself just trying to get it out of her way. Um, uh, shaggy pixie cut yeah no one expects penelope to look like this oh so. so the picture is like very long like luxurious hair and it looks like you've like cut it off really short yeah okay. you yeah. want me to turn so. into a panther they're not gonna look at your pink skin if you see a panther yes uh, a panther <laughs> and a seven foot tall robot and a fuchsia w- hair corpse <laughs> we won't cause any attention when we walk around old smoke three best friends <laughs> so what do you want to do? Should I call you Zero? Penelope? What do you want to be called now? P. Dizzle. Keep calling me Penny. I, I hated being called Zero. It was one of Fagin's ways to remind us who we are was our sometimes these lovely nicknames, and he always wanted me to remember I was Zero, that I was, up, I was worth nothing without him. So I never liked that name. Uh, feel free to keep calling me Penny. Maybe one day I'll find my actual name. Who knows? All right, Penny. How do we get to Fagin's booty? This is a, I have to roll a history check for this. We're getting out of my knowledge now. There we go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's how we do it, guys. Fun fact, Kimmy's actually learning how to play D&D. When in doubt, just ask me, can I roll anything? And I'll provide that for you, too. All right. Well, I was rolling a history check, and I got a 15. So yeah. what should we do now? <laughs> well, you know that. DM. <laughs> well, you, you, in essence, need to, for all better words of it, it you need to plan a heist. And if you need to plan a heist, you need a good headquarters for that. And you need someone who has some more inside knowledge. You also realize that you haven't been here in a long time. And so, you know, a long time in, in the Dickens especially is a week. And so it's, it's been ages since you, you know, have been here because so much can change. So you really need information that Rose can give you and then also a safe spot to continue to rest up and to plan this out awesome so okay that, that's what your your roguish ways L- logic would, would think of as well yeah yeah so i pull over my hood over my head and i just say let's head back to roses i'll we'll figure out this skin and my skin and then we'll go from there and then she leads the way and as you lead the way as your dm right i'll come down clapping well done but this is where i'm going to give you 
at a plus one inspiration point, Kimmy. So oh, hell yeah. Sick. You can tack that on there. So just as a reminder, anytime that a DM sees, you know, one of their players, you know, maybe thinking outside the box, doing something particularly pleasing to them, or what I love as well is when you really get into the the skin of your character, as it were, and and discover them more and let yourself become them and move the plot forward in such a way that you have character development. Definitely a great time to give you an inspiration point. So save that baby up and when you need it, give yourself advantage or somebody else. You can you can give somebody else advantage if they ever need it. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Did you say when she was like morphing and kind of like losing it for a second and did you say that she settled back down to how she normally looks? Yeah, so she Is the fuchsia still upper hands or is that gone away she too? She is completely fuchsia. I'm real pink. Oh, she's Okay, so she's not back fully. She's all the way. No, she fuchsia. she's now stopped shifting into different forms, and but she's, she's fully she's fuchsia stuck now. In the, with the face and the body of this Penelope uh, Laroche Vanderhoot, but she is yes, completely fuchsia. I would I would even think hair. Like I think it's just skin, hair, everything is is fuchsia. Rose will have something for me, I think. So as you near the exit of the cemetery, you spy somebody. You spy an older man in nothing but his pajamas and bathrobe, kneeling on the ground in front of a huge figure in a dark robe. And you hear him say, Good spirit, have pity on me. Promise me that if I change my life, what you showed me will change. I will honor Christmas in my heart and try to keep it all year. I will live in the past, the present, and the future. I'll never forget you and the other two spirits. I will not shut out the lessons you taught me. Tell me I can make the name on this headstone go away. And the old man starts to cling pitifully onto the robed figure, who only stands still and continues to point at the grave in front of them. And so before they can notice you, you pass on by. I turn to the guys and I just say, like, Ugh, everyone hates that guy. <laughs> <laughs> The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. My friend Shayna was like, just so you know, everyone in the Villainous League is coming to kill you. And I was like, oh boy. Imagine NPR in the MCU. The Daily Planet's style desk. Car talk for jetpacks. It's these American supers. 100% invisible. The speech bubble. It's sequential. The utility belt. Superhuman Public Radio is a fiction podcast telling the hilarious and heartbreaking stories of people in a superpowered world. I thought I was going to die. An invisible car in Chicago? A wee supervillain? These are the stories that fall between the panels of comic books. I think they knew that I didn't mean to do that to Arizona. Wasabi! Oh my God, he could kill himself. Kid, I feel like you're not giving this problem your all. No, no, but yes, I guess most people would call them a death squad. Superhuman Public Radio. Super human stories. The only limits are your imagination, and I have a wild imagination. New episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. This is SPR. Name the supervillain, and we've done the gig. But these Wall Street types that lack the answers to, yikes.